welcome to this JLL podcast. I'm Rebecca Kent, your host, um, conducting this podcast from the confines of my bedroom where I'm destined to remain, I think, as long as COVID-19 continues to define how we work at the moment. Um, I'm joined here by Abigail Campion, who's the National Placemaking and Customer Experience Manager across APAC for JLL, um, and Susie Brain as well, Director of the Food Retail Consultancy Brain and Poulter. Uh, good morning. How are you doing? Morning, Beck. Yeah. Morning. Welcome. Welcome to the inside workings of Brain and Poulter office. <laughs> and inside of my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, we're talking retail here. The coronavirus pandemic has had uh, massive implications for food and beverage retailers um, of all types, of all shapes and sizes, and in all locations. Um, Susie, can you just give me an idea of uh, what types of um, food retailers are being affected, you know, the various types there are and and how, including the profile of, of the owners, who runs them, Is it, you know, uh, for example, mum and dad franchisees or single chain owners, etc. Just give us an idea of the scale of the people that are being impacted. Sure, sure, Beck. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely a pandemic across the food service industry. We've, um, to put it in context, there's about 60,000 cafes, restaurants and takeaways in Australia, uh, plus pubs and clubs on top of that. So we're talking about a big sector of the business with uh, employing a huge volume of, uh, of workers as well at the same time. And pretty much uh, everyone has been, been affected. Uh, to be clear, at the moment, based on uh, last night's announcement from the Prime Minister, uh, all bars are now closed completely. Uh, hotels, uh, all their licensed areas, so the restaurants and bars of all the hotels uh, are all now closed. Clubs are closed. Restaurants and cafes can only serve takeaway customers. Takeaways can only serve takeaway and people cannot sit in the takeaway area to consume their food, which uh, therefore applies to food courts as well. So food courts can still serve takeaway food, but no one can sit in the food court to consume, the, consume that food. So it's a, it's a whole new world. We can all still get coffee. That's the great uh, news so far. We can all exist on coffee, but we mustn't all go and have a meeting together over a coffee anymore. In fact, that includes outdoor seating areas too, um, as well. Now that's affecting everyone, um, Beck. So we've got you know, celebrity chefs like Matt Moran closing all his businesses, but the bars are Justin Hemis closing all his businesses, att attempting to come back with some takeaway strategies, but nothing in, in place yet, all the way down to the mom and pops who have been serving us lunches at the bottom of our office buildings for 40 years plus, all being affected by this, uh, by the by the social distancing strategies. A, a very worrying situation to so many. So what are their options? What are the options for all these people right now um, being explored? How do you think they can make the best out of this situation? Well, the number one thing is they need to pivot to some sort of takeaway and delivery model. So, and there's obviously been uh, a, a cohort of food and beverage operators who have been well on top of this for quite some time. And for others, it's brand new territory that they're, they're exploring. And, and for, uh, for many, it's a, a whole lot of confusion about where to start and how to get going on this type of strategy. 
the other thing is communication. It's, it's about landlords and tenants really starting to work closely together to keep messaging what's open, what's available, and how easily can customers access the offerings that are that are there to be had. We're, we're quite surprised by the number of um, uh, centres, uh, retail precincts, and tenants who who are not communicating at all uh, through their through their customer connection channels as to as to what they've got available. The big opportunities there to. to to reconnect and keep the customers informed. Yeah, and Abby, um, so for those who are probably best placed um, to deal with this um, scenario, what are some of the strategies they've got in place? Susie was just talking about so some of those who already have Click and Collect in play, along with you know being able to serve customers um, at their premises. Can you perhaps um, give us an idea of what those um, models look like, where you where you find them, where they work well? Yeah, look at the most basic level at the moment, we're kind of doing digital health checks across all our properties where we look at each individual food retailer and see when I Google Asian delivery near me, what, what comes up. Then there are some retailers that are really sophisticated in this space. They know their products really well. They know what sells really well online and what doesn't travel so well. So they're reducing their menus um, to just focus on the stuff that they can deliver quickly and and um, they know will still look great when it comes home. So they're kind of ramping up then their messages on social, of which, of course, we play a big role in too. Um, and uh, obviously in all our social media across our JLL centres, um, we're really focusing on promoting who's open and who's still trading and who is able to offer click and collect and who is able to offer some kind of home delivery. And um, then again, facilitating how they then get to those people. So we're focusing on individual posts for individual tenants to really um, highlight who's um, able to deliver this stuff and who's you know who's still trading and support your your locals and support your your you know your um, you know people in your neighbourhood. So a lot of that messaging is going out. Let's not see these guys fall over. Please keep supporting them. Presumably, there's sort of some of their staff may you know um, waiters or waitresses or food service um, professionals will maybe become delivery drivers? I don't know, are we seeing Absolutely. that sort of thing as well? That's right, yeah, yeah, certainly seeing those sort of, even if not delivery drivers back, but certainly deliver to the car. So so, mm. so encouraging um, uh, uh, click and collect and running the, uh, creating the staff into, into runners. Uh, I, I think mm. it's really important to point out though too when, uh, you know, Abby touched on it, about this hyper-localisation idea. So not mm. just about about Google, but there's there's tons of local community Facebook pages and mm. social groups that the that are more than willing to support uh, small businesses at these times uh, by yes. by putting by putting them up on their local. So in my little village where I live, uh, in the Southern Highlands, our local fruit and veg shop is on our local. Um, village page t telling us what they're doing. Our local cafe is, is there telling us what we're doing. And there's many, many examples of this happening in every in every uh, 
in every place. We found an app now mm. called Isolate that's also willing to list anyone that's doing local area click and collect uh, and, and delivery. So again, if, if tenants are, are willing to pivot quickly and spend some time looking for local connections and creating this yeah. lovely community of us all pulling together, this will be a way forward and a legacy of what COVID does. It will, it's actually an opportunity for us all to reconnect again. And we're also seeing on top of that, Beck, uh, uh, you know, suggesting to retailers, can you can you offer to t um, add a bottle of wine with a home delivery? Because that's obviously going to be popular. Can you even walk past the florist and take them a bunch <laughs> of flowers as well? I mean, um, it really cheers you up having a, a bunch of flowers in your house at the moment. So, you know, those little added things that they can do as well. This is really time to be thinking out of the box a little bit, right? Um, necessity is the mother in invention and, you know, there are presumably some really great innovations and inventions coming out of this. So um, what else have you seen, as you say, like maybe a package with a bottle of wine, maybe we yeah, can start I think to see flowers. It's being a no-brainer to add your wine to food deliveries, but also the... Um, I've seen a lot of catering companies uh, doing deliveries of fruit boxes and veggie boxes because they've still got all their suppliers. Their shelves aren't empty. Um, even pantry boxes are being delivered. I've heard of a, a restaurant in the States that actually closed down and they, um, instead of doing their full, full menus, they've just been doing burgers only and a drive-through, you, know, you know, staff taking the burgers out to the car. They're uh, selling um, bagels out of a shipping container in the car park, so just a bagel offer. And I've also seen them delivering home-cooked family meals, um, or that's their terming at home-cooked, but restaurant-quality family meals with a bottle of wine being delivered to houses. I can add some cool, a couple of other cool examples too, just to um, stimulate the juices of anyone listening into our, into our yeah. podcast. Uh, we've had uh, Red Hook, which is a, uh, a takeaway seafood shop in Brisbane, create the Tom Hanks Stay Home Dinner Pack. So it uh, <laughs> feeds a family of four for 99, uh, 99 bucks. So that was a, a clever um, halo effect kind of marketing strategy there. Uh, the small bars who have hit extremely uh, hardly with, with uh, having to close entirely, uh, we've seen places like Dolce's uh, in King's Cross put together a quarantine hour pack. So they'll deliver you cocktails, they'll hire you the glasses, they'll give you a link to the playlist that they would normally have going. So you can kind of replicate the Dolce's experience. So that's really thinking about pushing your brand uh, into, the, yeah. into the homes of your customers. Uh, Mark's Kitchen, one. a pretty famous... Um, uh, restaurant in uh, or uh, cafe uh, in the middle of Sydney city doing bento boxes so you can still have the Mike's Kitchen experience and of course it's pushing that average transaction value up as soon as you get people to think uh, in a whole meal uh, uh, type strategy and um, uh, Cafe Party, that was the other one I wanted to mention. So that's one of our, our top restaurants in Sydney, turned into a bakery to keep that essential, to, to pivot onto the essential items category. So oh, can't use the restaurant, the, the kitchen, can't, do, can't deliver his food at a good quality for home delivery. Why not pivot to another essential food item? So there's yes. plenty of innovation coming out of this and it's, that's, that's motivating and exciting, right? Brain and Porter have um, responded really quickly as well. You've identified some key needs among um, both, 
you know, shopping centre or retail precinct landlords, as well as the food and beverage um, retailers themselves. Can you um, just get us across what some of those initiatives are? Sure, sure, Beck. Uh, firstly, we've got what we've just called the triage pack. So that's ready to go now. It's uh, on Friday. That'll be available. So we've cut, there's three main areas that any tenant that needs to pivot right now to home delivery, there's three areas that they need to focus on. They need to focus on their comms and marketing. They need to focus on the delivery strategy. What, what's the menu? How are we going to onboard it? How are we going to deliver it? And how are we going to tidy up our back of house and cut costs? There's about 32 activities in, in those three buckets that we've found. So we've created a best practice manual, a checklist and an action sheet so that landlords can purchase that product and deliver it on Friday to their tenants to help them get on. And then we've got a subscription-based mentoring program and updates to keep sharing with the community all the successes and all the innovations of those kind of ideas that that we've just spoken about. So, so that's had a tremendous response from, from the uh, property sector to assisting their tenants. Uh, because tenants are falling into three buckets, Beck. They're either falling into the, cool, this is a brilliant opportunity, I'm going to really take advantage of it and I'm going to act quickly. Then there's the bucket of tenants who go, holy hell, we're not prepared for this, but I'd like to have a crack at it, but I really don't know how. And, and what would my priorities be? So the package for them, for those two buckets, absolutely fantastic. And then, uh, and then there's the third bucket, which is the head in the sand, all too, all too hard um, mm. type. So, so you know, the tenants are generally we've tested it a couple of times, and that seems to be a very common way that uh, the the three ways that the the tenants are going. So I've got that package for the for the tenants, and then there's a bigger picture about about how as tenants move to understanding the opportunities of online and as a, as a nation we start to um, utilise and become habitual in using these services, how the landlords actually start to secure the data and the insights of what home delivery means, who their customers are, what their brand, how do they control their brand for their precincts, etc. And so we have got some relationships with platform providers that can, can make a digitally native app for the centres deployed in about, within about a two week lead time to deploy it. And that handles the click and collect and the delivery for all the tenants so that it's under your umbrella and the landlords are getting full visibility across it all. So that's another product. And then of course, we're here for all our clients for all the minor tweaking of, of how, what are the comm strategies uh, what are other ideas that landlords are coming up with to help their, their tenants? How are some of the lease negotiations going, et cetera? So a full, a full suite of support for the mm. industry to, to help get everyone through. Thanks, Susie. And, you know, what is that dynamic that you're finding at the moment between landlords and retailer? Yeah. Look, I, I, we definitely, everyone needs to be working, working together. Mm. Uh, like any competitive marketplace, there's some that are getting on board with that much faster, asking good quality questions of their teams to give them the space to think innovatively. And there's some that are that are lagging behind. So, uh, you know, we'll start to see that we'll start to see that washing out pretty quickly. Cash flow for food and beverage is about two weeks, so we haven't got long until mm -hmm. we're really going to start to see some damaging effects.
Look, I think, it, well, besides it having to be a three-pronged attack, I think we can't just look at the retailers, we can't just look at the landlord, and we can't just look at the property managers. We've all got to work together here to help. And, um, you know, it, it will require a bit of investment um, for, to get these platforms up and running. It, maybe there will be some rent relief that's also viable and and. Uh, deserved. Obviously, some retailers have a very strong um, brand and, and voice on social, but some don't, and we can really help there with the power of the centre point mm. behind them. Mm. And I think that will be really important at this time. Um, that whole, uh, you know, doing a digital health check and also really uh, fixing and, uh, and um, making your social media work harder for you. We can do digital advertising campaigns where we can geofence the people that we're targeting within a walking distance from the centre for those home deliveries as well. Like there's some really clever things that we can do in that space. It's just not about posting, putting up a, a, a we're still open post and hoping for the best. There's a lot of strategy behind it and um, uh, there's a lot of uh, real techie stuff that can be done behind the scenes to actually make sure your message comes up, both in a social aspect as well as um, being found on Google and other platforms. You know, as everyone keeps saying, we've never been in this position before. And so we are, I think it's important to think too that we need to try new things and we need to try things quickly. Some things may work, some things might not work, but we sh we've got to keep trying. And I think that's really, uh, really important. It, it is a time for trying new things. Rip the, rip the band aid off and make the tough decisions quickly around, around staffing, around costs, around uh, restructuring uh, your, your big costs, and then invest in innovation. They're the, they're the two best places to be spending your money. Susie, was this always coming, this sort of a change, and has um, has COVID-19 just accelerated it? There, look, from a food perspective, there's two, there's two ways we consume food. We consume it pragmatically. We're humans. We have to eat. We have to consume a certain number of calories a day to actually keep on living. So, so there's food for function, and then there's food for, so, for socialising. And, and so... Did this need to happen? No, it didn't. It didn't need to happen. Will it remind us that we are social creatures? Yes, I think it's actually going to create a new boom for going out when we come back out of this because we're we're all realising from just being housebound how important actual physical human connection is and food and physical connection and the work that's been done by so many landlords to create spaces for that to happen in, in centres is, uh, is going to be a pretty well secured place when we, when we come out of this. But the convenience of having food delivered for a nation that's lazy by nature is going to be a counter conflict that, that needs to be dealt with. So, so will it, we won't stay like this forever, but new habits will form that we need to make sure we can uh, embrace within the centre so that, that that doesn't get lost to a dark kitchen in the future. 
Vivian and Abigail, thank you very much for your pointers. There's some really good practical tips there um, and some really great insights about, you know, the way retail, food retail is going, is changing now, the, you know, the actions have been taken, the innovation um, and what's to come. And um, look, hopefully we can catch up with you both um, as this thing um, sort of moves on um, quickly, hopefully, to, and we can discuss the new norm for food retail. Yeah. <laughs> Great, so enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> Thank well. you and all the best.